going on? Well, I don't know. What's going on with you? I don't know. I was thinking about it. Kind of a new year. We're yeah. Into it. You know, thinking about storming the Capitol today just for old time's sake, that sort of thing. Why not? They don't <laughs> seem to, there's no real repercussions to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could do like a, I don't know. 40 months or something like that is the, the largest thing they've doled out. How many people? They've gotten quite a few. I mean, they've gotten 600 or something like that so far, uh, which is not nothing, you know. It's not nothing. That's not nothing. Um, but well, 40 months seems been... a little light for putting your feet up on Lincoln's desk. <laughs> 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 for stealing Nancy Pelosi's uh, laptop. That could be 40 months, but yeah. You, she she got she that woman actually got two months for doing that. That's insane. Yeah, there are people who are caught with like a pound of weed on them that are doing ten years. You can storm the Capitol and steal a senator's laptop, and you got two months. Khalif Browder didn't steal a backpack and went to Rikers for four years, and put in isolation for two of those. So yeah. there you go. Right. Um. Anyway, but hey, man, uh, we're just woke, you know. <laughs> we're just too woke. Yeah, I know, you know, I know. That's the we, problem. We just, we just want crimes and punishment to be equal for everybody. We, we should shut I up. I know. We're well, annoying. That's that's the the problem, right? That's yeah. the problem. Um, I don't know, but did you have a good holiday? We were. I was expecting to see you, and then I was so sad that you know you you didn't come up, and my brother didn't come up, and. Omicron, dude, it's not worth know, it. You know, I know. no, I mean, I agree with it. you. I agree with you. I'm not. I'm just saying, it's, it sucks. Getting on planes is different than driving. You know, if, if we were six, yeah. seven hours away, I would have come. But yeah, you know, it's like we were talking about this the other day. It's not that hard to kind of self isolate if you like your family. <laughs> yeah, Leslie and I like each other. Right. We don't. We're good. There's right. no problem here. Right. We, 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 we have interests together. We play games. We watch movies. I mean, I'm not saying we're not like we're shut off from the world, like living in a den, but like we don't do a lot because we're just trying to not get Omicron. Yeah. Um, and everyone has it. And I'm like, oh my God, where do you think you got it? Well, I was at a bar the other night. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where exactly you don't say. You yeah. It. Yeah. I can tell you right now. That's how you got it. Right. Right. Obviously there's like, you know, maybe you have a friend over the house and they bring it to you and that sucks, you know, cause yeah. you don't want to totally shut your life down, but I don't know. Holiday travel airports just seemed like pretty easy decision for us. It was yeah. not, it was not a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> not a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, weirdly it was smaller. So it was like a little bit more manageable in a way. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, but yeah, maybe next year we'll see. Anyway. Yeah. Holidays yeah. are fine. They're great. I'm sure I'll, I mean, the thing is like, we see you guys in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, fine. that's, that's the thing is that that's the time we actually see people is in the summer now, because yeah. even when, even before this, it's like you see people for like, you know, a day or two. Yeah. And it's, and it's completely stressful and, you know, and it's Look, everybody's like traveling and, you know, Omicron sucks. Yeah. But this is a little baby Jesus vaccinating everybody one way or another. <laughs> You're going to get it. And that's yeah. the best vaccination you can have. I mean, you know, so, so there, and I'm, I'm not saying that as a total joke, even though I'm kind of joking, but like, if you're not vaccinated, you're going to get it. Like yeah. this one is super, super contagious. And if you're not vaccinated at this point and you can be, I'm fine with you getting it. I hope yeah. you do so that yeah. our numbers go way down. And like you just said, in a couple of months from now, we can open back up and I can have my life back. Cause I, follow directions yeah i trust medical professionals and scientists that study their whole life for this i don't i don't log on to youtube and trust these idiots i don't you listen don't, to joe rogan and trust that moron like, you don't do your own research tony i mean come on i never have <laughs> i've always I've i know why start now right <laughs> i've gotten through life on the backs of smarter people why would i stop now exactly just like all c students that's Absolutely. what we do yeah yeah, no. I mean, everybody subcontracts all sorts of stuff to everybody else, right? It's and because we can't do everything. I don't have that kind of brain, but I yeah. I trust Fauci, who right. has been on four presidential 
um, cabinets who George Bush gave a fucking medal of freedom to or something like this has never been political until dickhead Trump. Yep. And look, the mistake of both administrations was you can't make one man the face of a solution for anything, especially today. There should have been a team of five, you know, diverse doctors that any one of them could have jumped in and given a press conference. But to make one guy, eh, you know. That's interesting. That's I, interesting. I, I think the next time we do this, maybe we we check that off the box. Eh, one face doesn't work because yeah, it's just not going to work. You know, Fauci originally came out and we're like, don't worry about masks. It's not going to help. And it did help. So like now he was just going through the steps and they probably believed that at that time. Um, but now it's like, oh my God, he, <laughs> you know, facing the world, getting a disease in two weeks, got something wrong. Right. Um, and that's because they made one man the face of this. And that's, that's interesting. We're, we're that's interesting. That. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, that, that makes sense. Um, Give me a team. but this is also, you know, Donald Trump's strategy, which For is, sure. to per, which is to personalize very large, complex problems and just blame it on so-and-so, right? Um, yeah, whatever yeah. it may, whatever it may be, you know, it could Look, be in Afghanistan, it could be this, it could be that. Yeah. We don't know the Fauci of France or England. I don't know who the hell that is. I see lots of different British doctors talking for some odd reason. We went with, here's the guy. Yeah. Just do whatever this yeah. guy says, which yeah. is like, and the government's full of shit on everything. I, I totally understand people being like, I don't trust these motherfuckers. Like, I get it. But I don't know. That proof's kind of in the dead. There's a lot of them. Yeah. And and yeah. people with vaccinations don't typically die. That's that's yeah. good enough for me. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, happy right, new just, year. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, me too. All right. So I thought today, you know, maybe we'd, we'd talk a little bit about January 6th. Why not? Know, and, uh, Kind of take a little uh, accounting of what the political repercussions of that have and have not been. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. And I'm Amit Prakash. Today is January 6, 2022. One year since that wonderful day last year where all those people uh, decided to take a, you know, a little tourist to uh, um, dance around the Capitol, um, led by men dressed as buffaloes. So we're going to talk about that today and, you know, see what the consequences were. Fantastic. You know, that guy really, um, I like the buffalo. The QAnon shaman? I don't yeah. like him. Yeah. The ask by this guy, the QAnon shaman was amazing. When he was locked up, you know, he was put in a jail before his trial and stuff like that. He wasn't let out. And his mom and him sent a letter to the judge saying that he should and actually needs to be taken out of jail because he can only eat organic food. Um, and, and, and because they're not serving organic meals at the jail, um, he should be taken out. Guess what? The jail got organic meals and then kept him in there. <laughs> well, why did he Is that insane? Chance? Why did he get, why did they I give him what he wanted? Exactly. Well, exactly. You know why actually? Cause there's a lot of sympathy. Oh my for God. These scumbags. Right? right. Specifically in the police and, uh, prison system. Yeah. They have, they have allies in there, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Well, some of those dudes were there, right? You know? Without a doubt. Active and ex-cops. Did that, you watch you know? the Biden speech today? I watched parts of it. Um, I've, I've watched bits of it. And, you know, people are talking about that. It's like a very powerful thing that he's saying such. He's, he's it, the, it's the first time that a sitting president has disavowed the previous president yeah. in such dramatic fashion right that that it's that it's categorical that he's calling him a liar he's not saying you know that th he's not using the euphemisms that has been have been used in in the past by the press and others that you know trump is you know just calling him a liar right doing doing that sort of thing um at the same time you know his administration you know runs the 
you know, the Justice Department, you know, is part of his administration. He can't tell Merrick Garland exactly what to do, but he can nudge him. And Merrick Garland came out and gave a talk yesterday too, also saying that, you know, we're going to, you know, prosecute these people to the fullest extent of the law and et cetera, and no matter top to bottom. But here it's been a year. And as usual, like foot soldiers have been prosecuted, right? Mm -hmm. But we're not getting any of the people um, who were involved. And it's pretty clear that they were sitting Congress members who were involved in the plotting, right? So that's where, you know, the rhetoric doesn't meet the reality for mm -hmm. me. I don't know. What do you think? Look, I don't want to like jump on the bandwagon of like Joe's Joe Biden's old and he's this and he's got dementia. Like I don't, all that stuff, I I can't stand it. But he's really hard to listen to, you know. <laughs> he he just is, you know. He just doesn't have it. He's lost it. He's lost a step. Now I'm not trying to diagnose anything about him. I, I hate when people do that. Like. I feel bad for old people when they suddenly, you know, it's like you get, it happened to Bernie. You get aged. He's too old. Like mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, but he's doing a better job than the last guy. Um, I prefer him over Bush. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to totally like crucify the guy, but he just feels like, I don't know. Like it just doesn't feel like the person that's going to, have a shot at bringing the country somewhere back together. It's just, he's not inspiring, mm -hmm. you know, I, mm -hmm. and I'm not like a person that's, I don't sit around thinking about like these whack jobs and like, I'm angry. It's like in a sick way, I understand all the anger on every side of everything. I, I, I really do. I, I don't think storming the Capitol in a Buffalo suit and putting your feet <laughs> up on Lincoln's desk is appropriate. It's a weird way to express your anger. Killing cops, you know, it's all hilarious to me that these are all somehow allies, but they hate each other. Um, but it's just like, I see Biden talking and I know his intentions are good. I know he wants it, wants to make it all better, but there's no more making it better by playing old boy politics by like thinking this is 1960 and JFK and, and uh, Nixon are going to like have a beer together and, and talk about the interns that's over. So I'm very frustrated that a year later we're still talking. Sure. They've arrested 600 people roughly. Great. Not one politician. It doesn't seem like the January 6th committee is any closer to prosecution on any of these bozos who were clearly colluding, right? Colluding. Yeah. Well, Jim they... George, Mike Pence, Ted Cruz, the Trump vampire kids, all of them were involved. There is proof. Uh, Sean Hannity, could you yeah. imagine you're the president and the wacko from the news network and you are texting while there's a riot in the White House? Uh, and uh, I don't know, we'd have to have a lawyer on to talk about the law. I mean, I'm just, I'm just somebody that's like, it seems like there should be something here, Yeah. but you know, we're set up for one of these kooks running in, in a couple of years and maybe winning. I'm not sure, but what's to stop the next psychopath that from trying to become a dictator or taking away rights slowly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's happening and yeah. I don't know. I mean, we, we've done enough, you especially are, are a historian, but we've I've done enough reading on like dictatorships and how these things are formed. And it doesn't just happen overnight, guys. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, like some of the trends that are coming up are not altogether new, right? You know, like the communication networks and the way of these people getting together is new. That's, you know, categorically new and unprecedented. Um, but, you know, organized racism and xenophobia and, um, you know, a, a, a very narrow view of what a true American is, yeah, is as old as America. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that, that, that sort of part of, of this movement is, uh, has been around, right. And it just gets sort of reanimated every now and then. Um, one thing I wanted to sort of think about, like, I said, like, what, like maybe like our animating question here is that, you know, what have been the consequences here, right? So you just brought up the, the commission, or the committee rather, 
uh, in Congress on January 6th. And so they have, you know, that's basically a political trial, right? They have no criminal indictment capabilities or anything like that. They can only say you, you can, they can hold people in contempt of Congress and stuff like that. If they don't show up, like that, that's as most that they can do. Um, well, but, yes and no, they can push it to the point where then there can be, there can be a mandate that they can no longer serve public office. That can be done right now while there's a supermajority. Right, right. But there can't be anything criminal, right? They're not going to jail. For right, sure. From, from, Which from is this, from hilarious. This right, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so on the one hand, like some people are like, okay, this is, you know, it's a toothless committee and, you know, who cares? Uh, but the politics matter, right? Like that the, the, the political indictment, uh, even if it's not a criminal indictment, uh, can matter, right? And and just as you pointed out, that it can put people on the margins back to where they belong, rather than in sort of central American politics. Um, I don't know if you saw this today, but there was like this roundtable in the New York Times um, opinion pages, and they had like all these different writers talking about January sixth and ta- giving takes. Is it like a video it. piece? It wasn't a video piece. It was it was in the opinion pages. So there's like got like it, I don't know, get like eight people wrote, wrote sure. in or something like that. And I read them all, and I found like three that were really good that I thought are worth mentioning. Okay. Um, and they're all like, okay, how did this happen? Right. That that's 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 the the sort of the, the big question. Right. So one is by this guy uh, Jedediah Purdy, who is a lawyer, and he's making this argument that what happened in on January 6th could not have happened in a country that was actually democratic. Yes. Um, and so he's, you know, he makes the sort of the, the basic arguments that we kind of know at this point that, you know, the legal architecture of this country is for elite rule. Um, mm-hmm. and people are disenfranchised by the structures, um, all the time. And, and that's by design, not, not a flaw. Um, but you know, and and this is the thing, and the the Republicans, you know, he's making this argument that they succeed in all of these institutions um, because they've been able to capture the institutions because of the inflation of minority rule by virtue of the structures, right? So that despite the fact that only one Republican has won the presidential popular vote since 1988. Um, they've got a six-three majority in the Supreme Court, um, and they have this lopsided, basically near parity in the Senate. Even though the actual people they represent um, is minuscule compared to you know the Democratic senators, right? Um, and so his argument, and you know, we can like remember that Thomas Jefferson, you know, for all his you know, various flaws did make the argument that the constitution should be rewritten every 19 years. Yes. You know, um, that this is a document that should not remain sort of stale, but that should be, you know, revisited depending on what changes. Right. And, and of it course, wasn't even changed after the civil war. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the thing, I mean, there was amendments and stuff, but, but like, like it wasn't fundamentally rethought. Right. You know, like, like there's, and, and that's the weird thing is that the right, treats um the constitution as a sacred document right so that it's almost like changing the word of god or something like that mm-hmm. amendments become commandments and etc right so and that brings us to another piece which i thought was really interesting and it's by friend of the show Catherine stewart um on the christian nationalists and her argument was that none of this would have been possible um without the whole christian nationalist movement that is behind the right right now um, and her argument is basically there's a couple of things happening, right? Like nobody, or not nobody, but many people are, particularly on the right, but in general, many people are skeptical of news sources, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one source of major credibility for information are pastors, right? So local church groups and stuff like that, they have massive sway um, on what to believe, right? Whether it's God or politics, they, they, they're, they're swaying this. So that's number one. Number two, the Christian nationalists fundamentally believe, and her book talks about this a lot, that they have this major persecution complex, that they think Christians are the most persecuted people in America. Um, and that's why they need to like, you know, bum rush the capitals and all that. And then finally, they have this other belief that the U.S. is fundamentally a Christian country. It's not secular, it's Christian. Um, and 
you know, that's why Donald Trump is their guy. Cause he, you know, even though he may live his life differently, he talks their talk and elects their judges and, you know, does, does all of those things. Right. Um, so her argument is that, you know, I think it works nicely with Purdy's because Purdy's saying like the conservatives worship the constitution, like it's mm -hmm. a religious document. Mm -hmm. And then you got all these actual religious people who are like at least 40% of this movement. And then finally, there's this other one uh, piece by Rebecca Solnit, who makes this argument depending on this other philosopher, Hannah Arendt. Uh, and I'll just quote uh, what she quoted. Um, a mixture, and this is, if you haven't read um, uh, The Origins of Totalitarianism, that's a book that's been like, gotten like a fresh life ever since the, uh, the election of Trump, but it's, it's, it, it is legitimately worth a read. Um, there's a quote in there that it's, I think it's quite useful. A mixture of gullibility and cynicism is prevalent in all ranks of totalitarian movements. And the higher the rank, the more the cynicism weighs down the gullibility, which basically means like the higher up, you know, like the Don juniors are, are cynical, right? Like they don't actually want to hang out with people from, uh, you know, poorer people from, uh, West Virginia or whatever. They just want their votes. Right. Of course. Um, and what you have is this sort of ascending scale of higher cynicism and an approach of sort of just, you know, feeding nonsense, uh, to, to people. Um, I think, you know, I put those together and I was just like, okay, this explains a lot. Right. Because like effect effectively what that ends up being is like it's confirmation bias got run amok. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just like you, you gravitate to beliefs that you want to believe already. Um, and guess what? There's enough outlets out there to do that for you. Now, whether that will be your pastor or, you know, some right wing news network um, or some uh, so-called uh, legal authority who makes the argument that the constitution is a dead document and should never be reinterpreted. Um, and that everything should be interpreted only as if it was written in the 18th century. <laughs> it kind of like makes sense that these guys are rushing the Capitol, right? <laughs> like, because this is, this is all flying in the face of all those beliefs. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, this is, this is where, you know, to your point about Biden, I agree with you in terms of his style. Um, He's not that invigorating. Um, he's not that inspiring. But given the, I think one of the major consequences is that rather than bringing the country closer together, you know, after January 6th, there was like this sort of one moment, there was like a breath, you know, of mm -hmm. maybe like a couple days where people were like, wait, this is too far. This is a bridge too far, right? Mm -hmm. um, and even some people on the right, and even the corporations were like, "Oh, we're not going to give money to the Republicans because you know they backed this and they did that for like two months." Um, but the country's more polarized than it ever was, right? So one of the consequences of January sixth is, in my view, is to calcify actually the the the, pol the polarization. Um, to make it worse. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you think that's, I mean, maybe true. I, I don't know. I mean, how, how, how do we know? What are we basing this on? Like, I know? would base it on the fact that Donald Trump yeah. has basically unquestioned authority over the Republican party. He and does, you would, but you would think that after January 6th, that that would be um, destabilized a little bit, but the, actually the opposite happened. Yes, but I, I actually, I don't think that's because I, I think it's because he, sh the leaders of the party share his ideologies. I don't think this is a, everyone wants to make it like he's got this control. I don't think they like him, but you're talking about a party that started two wars and approved torture. This is not that crazy we keep we keep saying to ourselves oh my god he's the part he's got a this grip on the republican party he doesn't that's what the republican party is ted cruz you think he would be a better president than donald trump fuck no no <laughs> he's a lawyer he's a lawyer i don't <laughs> that's worse. worse i would vote <laughs> look dude i'll put this on record i would vote if i had to i would vote for trump over lindsey graham over Scott or Tom Cotton 
over uh, Marjorie psychopath Green Taylor over Lindsey Graham over Mitch McConnell. I'm I actually would because these they created Trump. They were so horrible to Obama and the rules were being bent way before Trump got in there. Trump just took what they already set up and showed that it doesn't really matter. Just with their, the way they handled the Supreme court, you know, from Merrick Garland up into when Trump was running there, they don't, they don't actually care about rules. So Trump was just the result of a, every couple of years, the Republican party playing a different game than the Republican, than the Democrats and the Democrats are still playing the old game. And that's the problem. It's like, you right now for a little while longer could potentially stack the Supreme Court. You could potentially get rid of the electoral co electoral college. You why not? Even if you get the two the two bozo Democrats that vote against you, at least you're showing that we're trying really hard. Come out and get these bozos out of here. But this like, has been this has been Bernie's argument. Yeah, it doesn't feel like Bern they're doing anything. Bernie has made this argument um, about the Build Back. Better Act, but it could be applied more broadly, right? Like, you know, that felt that whole thing just died on the vine because Joe Manchin decided at the last moment to say no. And Bernie was like, oh, let's make him vote no. Let's, make, let's, 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 let's bring that out. What and would Trump be the done? one person in the party who votes no and then has to go back to explain to West Virginians yes. why they're not going to get all these benefits? It's right? simple uh, messaging. You know, so it's not even, it's, it's pressure. Right. It's actual it's this is political pressure. Right. That's Look, how you dude, do it. I don't think and, that could, guy... and I agree that you could do it across the board on so many things. There's no way that, you know, a presidential uh, a constitutional amendment would pass to get rid of the Electoral College. But if you brought it to the Senate and if you brought it to the House and brought it up over and over, just in the same way that the Republicans try to kill Obamacare every like month right. um, with their votes, that you do the same thing, you know, you do the same thing and let them know that we're trying, like maybe realizable, right? Let them and know it, we're trying yeah. because here's what happens. Just as you said, it's simple messaging. I would have come out there and said, build back America's dead because of Joe Manchin. So people in Virginia, your childcare, you're this, you're that you take it up with him. It's your fault. And then I would have done the next thing. Let's, and then exactly what Bernie was saying, because that what that does is create talking points. We're not talking about the Electoral College right now. We would be if it were up for a vote, because then you would get potential voters, potential people that are not getting to the age of voting going, that kind of makes sense. I don't think a couple of psychopaths in Wyoming should have a, the same say as the state of California. Yeah, I'm sorry. You shouldn't have the same say. We're not, we don't work like that anymore. Um you can't keep winning elections by multiple millions and being paralyzed because of of a crazy minority psychopathic viewed uh, religious cult in this country. And so I don't know. It it feels like you know, we never would even be talking about an AOC or a Bernie 10 years ago. They wouldn't it would've been laughed off of off of the stage and like it's working. You know, it, you can thank Bernie, but it's working. I mean, you can thank everybody. But people are starting to take to it. The, the majority of the country thinks people should be vaccinated. Like the majority of the country wanted the Build Back America. Like let people keep disappointing them, but just show them you're fighting for them. People won't forget. It's not that hard. That's the thing is that, you know, I don't know, like even on the most simple thing as like the filibuster, they could, with a simple rule change, they don't even have to vote on it. That's it. Because they they have, because, you know, they have their, their, the Senate leadership right now. They could say, okay, you want to, we, we'll keep the filibuster, but you actually have to filibuster. You got to get up there and read a dictionary for 20 hours. You Let's know, you, have, you literally have to do that. Right. And, and guess how many would not do that because they're too busy, you know, at, you know, fundraising functions. Right. So, you know, there's simple ways to get rid of the filibuster. That. What do you say? You could get rid of the filibuster unless Manchin would screw them, which. Possibly. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that the, I'm saying Manchin has already said he's not going to do it. So so that's off the table. But what you could do again is you can create the conditions that it's really uncomfortable um, 
to want to be an obstructionist, right? Yeah. Like, okay, you want to obstruct, fine, you can obstruct, but you actually have to be there. You actually have to, you know, like, so for instance, like, you know, they were giving speeches in the Senate today, not a single Republican came, mm -hmm. not a single one, right? Mm -hmm. So these are the sort of things that you can do because, you know, as we know, Mitch McConnell is a master of, of manipulating the rules to his advantage. Indeed. The Democrats should be doing the same thing, right? They should be doing the same thing. Use the rules to create the pressure you want to get the political outcomes you want, right? Because like, like it's pretty direct. Because if we learn another thing from Trump, not that Biden should be anything like him, and this is simplified and stupid, but people like thinking you're tough. <laughs> people like to totally. say oh he's fighting them he's tough totally he's not a I politician agree. that was trump that was trump's playbook was like the way he would talk which at times was disgusting but he didn't think he was afraid of anybody he would attack his own party and yeah. why not that that it's like if you could if you could see the silver lining in trump which which was like there's no one that's going to be quite like Trump. He was just a master at like doing his Trumpy thing. And if you try to imitate it, you're going to look really bad, which is kind of what happened in those original Republican debates where they tried to get on his level. And it just was very cringeworthy. Yeah. Remember, it was going to be, you know, like the front one of the front runners was Chris Christie. Yeah. And guess what? His whole thing was, I'm a bully. Guess yeah. what? It was, it was a bigger bully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then, and then when like Jeb tried to like battle with him, I was just like, oh man, you're just, it's, but. But what you could take is, okay, I don't necessarily need to not let the American people in on what I'm thinking. You can say, this guy's an idiot. This guy doesn't care about you or attack anybody. Like there, there's a, the line got pushed to being able to call people out. And I think we like that. I mean, I think people liked when Trump would battle with McConnell. I think we liked, I liked it. And I don't know, there's just seems this, there seems to be this, wall in the in the democratic party my guess is it's because they're fighting a two-way battle they're fighting the republicans and fighting the uh progressives and it's like we don't want to give up more control of our own party to these young progressives at the same time we have to fight the republicans and that must be exhausting they're and clearly they didn't watch Game of Thrones because you just gotta <laughs> you gotta get as strength in numbers, dude. Yeah, exactly. You gotta get everybody to win. Exactly. Exactly. Um okay. So I don't know. We're we're gonna see this play out. I'm of the view, I, I started out by saying that I'm cautiously optimistic about this year. Um we'll see. One of the things I'm not optimistic about is the you know, the polarization. Um but before I want to do one more topic before we go. And this is like a, a little bit lighter one, but let's take a break and then. And, That's and fine. That. One, one more thing before we take the break. Yeah. Give everybody one more check, Biden. Yeah, what do you right. care? What do you care? <laughs> Give us, just say, as long as, as long as COVID's here, we're going to get, I don't know, a check before the holidays. How stupid. Make your life a little easier. We know you guys are, are sacrificing a lot. We're going to take a little money from the defense budget, this bullshit, and, and send it to people because try to spin that, dude. When I get that $14 check, I don't care what Ted Cruz has to say. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm buying some seafood. So a couple of things. One of them we might not be able to talk about. It depends on whether you've seen it or not. Did you see Don't Look Up? I shut it off in the middle. You shut it off in the middle. You didn't like it. Are you asking that seriously? Do you think yeah. I shut it off in the middle? Yeah. Because I, I mean, it? I don't know. I thought you had to leave or something. I don't know. No, I, no, I shut it. it off because it was unwatchable. Oh, my God. I loved it. Well, you're wrong. Oh, okay. I know. So we can talk about this. Oh, All we, right. So we can talk about so, the first half of the movie. Okay. We can talk about which the first is half. Of clearly the, movie. the whole movie, which is the most redundant, worst piece of satire ever created because you can create satire or you can create dumb satire. 
this was so aware of itself. And I'm also not an Adam McKay fan. I I, I don't love oh, his really? work. I don't. I think he's much better when he makes dumb movies with idiot with Will Ferrell being a moron. Uh, I don't think. Wait, I, I okay. The Big I, Short I, was I, his best movie. Big Short was amazing. That's a great movie. That is a very Vice was trash. Very good movie. Didn't see Vice. Trash. All his movies have this. Anchorman. Like I said, he's very good at mm-hmm. like the Judd Apatow dumb stuff. He was great yeah. at that. I don't love his writing. Maybe I don't like his. I don't. I, well, I this is that, you know who wrote this is Dave Sirota. I I, I thought the Ernie's acting, advisor. Yeah. Well, there you go. It was so aware of itself that by halfway through, I go. So I just need to sit around for another hour realizing everyone's stupid and the world's ending. Okay, can we get like, I don't know, can we get a C story? I see. Okay. So I thought it was awesome. I I was like, I was uh, like captivated right from the beginning. I liked the whole, I liked the fact that, um, I don't know if you got this far, but that DiCaprio ends up becoming like a, a media star and you know and didn't get that far sort, okay so yeah. he he ends spoiler up, alert. I, he you know well yeah okay yeah this is a spoiler <laughs> alert but you know he kind of goes to the dark side for a while sure. and you okay. know and you know almost leaves his wife Stupid. and does all, all this stuff right so there's like this whole which which i thought was good because it was like okay you could see how somebody would get seduced by the washington machine right that 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 you get all of this adulation you're on tv you're famous um all of this stuff and and you know he's like a michigan state professor living in the midwest and suddenly he comes to washington and you know he's a big deal um so i lo- i loved all that and i did not love and this is just like a thing like i don't get the whole timothy chalamet thing like the whole yeah. fetish that he has to be in every movie now um but he was in this. Did, Look, I did, didn't need him. Great. He was great. DiCaprio um, can act in anything. So that, uh, I, I think if it would have been anyone but DiCaprio, you would not like that movie. Gen- Jennifer Lawrence was great. She was awesome. Like she was good. She okay. She was good. so, and the guy, um, Mark Rylance, he was amazing. He was great. He was very good. Right. Um, so I don't know. I I liked it. I think the satire at times, it wasn't that funny. I didn't find it that funny. I found it actually like almost more like scary than funny. Um, and, and because the thing is, is like, it wasn't even a stretch from reality. That was the thing. There was nothing absurdist about that, it. But that's not satire. Just make I a know. real movie and pull it back know. on Jonah Hill in the White House. Like, that's my problem with it. If you're going to do satire, let me see Best in Show. Okay, so you thought it was in between genres, right? It wasn't 100%. quite funny. It wasn't, wasn't quite serious. I didn't think it was at all funny. I didn't. I didn't. I chuckled a couple times, but I the whole movie I didn't. I wasn't. I like, got to oh, see Jonah is, Hill, his super bad character in the White House. I got to see right. Meryl Streep, devil and devil wears Prada, Prada character yeah, right. again, and it's like, I get the I get the point. A meteor may wipe out civilization. No one cares. You can actually do that and make a really good movie. That's just like, that was fucking awesome. Or you can not decide what you want it to be. And, you know, clearly the the object here was to point out how dumb we all are and how stupid the media is. And, you know, try to make a, 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 a narrative based off of what kind of is reality with like Sean Hannity and even, even the bozos at CNN and MSNBC. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I Kate, just Kate, Kate Blanchett's uh, Masha Brzezinski was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, but come on. I just think it failed, and I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I have a very, I'm not a pretentious movie critic. I can watch a terrible movie a thousand times over. If mm-hmm. I like it, I like it. I don't care. And I, I plenty of movies. I'm like, it's a terrible movie. I just love it. Mm-hmm. I just felt this annoyed me from the moment it started i was annoyed by it and i also made a commitment to myself two years ago that if i'm reading a book or if i'm watching a movie or a tv series if you don't have me hooked within 20 minutes or maybe two chapters or two episodes i'm out really not doing it anymore oh see i never would have gotten through i never would have gotten through the wire if i'd done that because the first two episodes of the wire terrible and then it gets so good yeah, but that so, was you know, way back then. Okay. If the wire so came out now, the first two episodes would be better. Guaranteed. 
they were they were they were pushing they were pushing a genre forward, right? I actually right. I mean, think you might they want to were, go they back were... and watch episode two of The Wire. I actually think it's a pretty good episode. I think they said I think the first one is it, trying to set a lot it, up. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, but I I I respect that. I respect that. You know, your time is precious, right? I so, mean, look, dude. I'm I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Maybe a third episode, but you know, a lot of people liked White Lotus. Loved it. Yeah, hated Lo- it. I watched it. four episodes and I go, Oh my I'm god. Out. I thought it was I'm so out. stupid. Was oh, brilliant. It was brilliant. It was not brilliant. Awesome. Terrible. It was it was awesome. Oh, okay. This is yeah. this is good. This is I'm good. getting You're smarter. Good. You're yeah. getting dumber. No, I don't think Very that's simple. true. That's I not a good show. True. No. It's not no. a good movie. And you know what? There's similarities between the two of them. Very good show. No. No, I disagree. Terrible. Fundamentally acting disagree. was fundamentally horrendous in in White Lotus. Horrendous acting. What? Terrible. You're crazy. Jennifer You're crazy. Coolidge is the only one that uh, was good. At the it. the manager guy? Like the He was he good. Was, he was awesome. He was good. Oh, the, he's the movie. The rest of I mean, the characters the were I mean, terrible. Oh my god, the daughter and her friend. Oh, unwatchable. Yeah, but you're supposed to be like they have no app. They they are, you know, they are who they're supposed to be. Hey, look, man. I just think people people are getting worse at the art. Okay. I'll tell you what a good show is. Station okay. eleven. Never Get on that one right now. That's a work of art. It's a limited Station. series, one season based off a book of the same title about a pandemic, but a real one, not like mm-hmm. this little one. That's a that's a work of art. Watch that and we'll talk about it next time. Okay. All right. All right. Um, the other thing on this, so I brought it up. <laughs> okay. The other thing yeah. I wanted to talk about, um, just very briefly, because we're going along now, um, is Kyrie Irving. Yeah. What about him? Hate him. Dude. Can't stand him. What a, What is up with the Nets the and the NBA? The NBA. And the NFL. Uh, I'm going to throw them in there because the Aaron Rodgers thing, man. Like, they gave him a pass even though they basically knew he what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, are we going to pretend? Are we going to sit here and pretend that these leagues are like, give a shit about anything right. but money? Right. We pay for their stadiums. Yeah, I know. Yep. Public dole. Uh, I mean, well, here's the thing. Here's my stance with Kyrie. Okay. I'll give it to you quickly. And as you know, I'm a diehard NBA guy. So mm-hmm. I can talk about this all day. I would say to his face, one of the most talented players, maybe to ever touch or dribble a basketball. His talent is undeniable. He is a superstar. The guy is on another level of a basketball player. It's actually frightening to watch how good he is. I don't think he's a winner. I think everywhere he goes, there's problems. He, on the Bill Simmons podcast, said after they lost the championship, he didn't bother him that much. It was, you know, I don't mind. That's not how, you know, to be an iconic sports man or woman, you got to kind of be a sociopathic psychopath. Like, <laughs> like Serena Williams doesn't get yeah. beat and is like, it's right. fine. Michael she wants Jordan. To kill yeah. Him. Yeah, I mean, for, he's the, the worst. LeBron. LeBron, mm-hmm. it, it rips Tom Brady, it rips our hearts out of him. He is. Uh, completely um, ignorant. You know, he was a flat earther. Let's not yeah, didn't yeah. start with the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> and he is completely unchecked. And the problem is, this is a problem with sports. And I get it. I totally get it. And if I were the coach, I might put up with it because my job, I my job is about if I win. It's not about if we have really good guys here. You know, good group of guys. They all got vaccinated, nice guys, total losers on the court. No one cares. So there's this problem where it's a winning mentality, winning culture. Kyrie's top five, and the Nets are supposed to win. They have a stacked team of James Harden, Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin. I mean, just to name a few. Their team is so stacked, it's they shouldn't be losing games. Um, and that's their expectation. So when everyone's going down because of COVID, rather than pause the season for two weeks, because God forbid we lose millions of dollars, let's forget our stance (laughs) (laughs) and let these wackos back in. And these are people who kids look up to and watch. So what they did is they validated his stance. They validated his stubbornness, which is actually worse than his stance on vaccination. That is its own problem. And he's a black man in the NBA. I'm like I've told you on this podcast a year ago. If you're a minority and you're afraid to take a vaccination, I get it. I do think at this point, 
you're you're maybe being a little stubborn, but I don't know what that's like. I, you know, what I, so I, mm-hmm. I'll throw that out there as the one caveat to this whole thing. The flatter, there's not a black or white thing. Okay. <laughs> so he has a history of being a bit yeah. of a conspiracy theorist where he loses me, but to let him play again, when you made this big stance is now showing everyone that's an anti-vaxxer that like to stick there long enough and they're going to let it go. And that's a problem for society. Mm-hmm. And the world to progress and move on past this. We're gonna the variants are gonna keep coming until we figure out how to join together and try to defeat this. I you know, I or, or maybe little... it turns into like a you know, the next iteration is is even weaker, and that's possible, but why would right. we want to sit around right. and wait for that? You know, it'll be the the Irving iteration. Like I, I don't know, like I watched a little bit of Sports Center. Um mm-hmm. Which I don't regularly do, but but I was just like, oh, I want to. How is, I want to. I want. Yeah, it's terrible. And I just wanted to see, like, how are the how are they reporting this, right? And basically, it was all Kyrie all the time, but it was not about the fact that the Nets changed their stance. It was like, oh, he did pretty well in his comeback. You know, he got twenty two. You know, um, and you know, he and he scored eight straight points uh, in the third yeah, he's quarter. Amazing. You know, it was, and it was and but that's all they talked about. It was just like, yeah, you know, he's a little rusty, but you know, like he he really came alive in the second half. And that was like the beginning and end of the conversation, which I thought was like so telling, right? It was like, oh, they're not going to say, you know, it's really irresponsible of the Nets to change the stance uh, and the NBA to allow it. No, it's like, how did Kyrie do? You know, like how many rebounds did he get? You know, like that kind of stuff. Let me do one more. Let me do one more caveat. The one thing I will say about Kyrie is he never hid this. Yeah, no, very different from Aaron Rodgers. I respect the falling on the sword. He was willing to sit out for as long mm-hmm. as it takes. So I'll give him that. I disagree with him at the highest level. I violently disagree <laughs> no. with his stance. But I facts. will say he he made a choice and took it. He took it. Aaron Rodgers lied mm-hmm. to everyone and put people's lives at risk. And his punishment was much less severe. Kyrie sat out the first half of the season. Right. So again, it's it's the problem with our our whole system is that there's just these inequalities on both sides. I mean, Kyrie was getting hammered by everyone. Aaron Rodgers kind of did, mm-hmm. but he's got all those barstool bros that like think he's cool and like listen to Joe Rogan for medical advice, like a, right. a, 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 right. a shitty comedian. So like, I don't know. We're social media is the problem. You know, the internet's the problem. It's, we're just, we don't have a regulated information source and it's not going to get better, man. Yeah. And we have a government that's full of shit. So, which is why don't look up is so good. We came full circle. See, (laughs) (laughs) or maybe you think it's good because you got brainwashed. It could be that too. It's terrible. I don't know. I'm, uh, I've, I've deactivated all of my, um, social media. So I'm off. I mean, that was my new year resolution was, yeah. um, I want my attention back. And... The, the the 10 arguments to delete your social media, Jaron Lanier, right? Yeah. Great book, you know, yeah. social dilemma, great, great doc, but yeah, uh, you know, was. If, you're, if you're on it as much as most people, then you don't need to watch this stuff. You know, you're hooked. It's like, it's the same thing when you smoke a cigarette, like, oh, well, I just have five. Why am I having another one? Uh, I was hooked on it. I just like, it's like when I don't when I thought, when I have a don't have a thought in my brain for five seconds, I reach for the phone to scroll. And I mean, it's been 10 years of that. And I have no idea what I've lost in my life or career. And I've had fun. I like it. I'm not, but I don't have the personality to be able to just have that in my palm. So for me, it'll be something where I might not be on it for five months and maybe on a weekend I put it on, but I, I cannot have that in my life all the time. And I have to tell you, it's been a week. I don't even think about it anymore. All right. I remember you saying you don't do resolutions, so I'm actually. It's not a resolution. This is not a. This is something I've tried many times in the past. Um. So it wasn't like it wasn't even January first. It was maybe January (laughs) second. Okay. (laughs) But um, January first is the grace period on everything. Come on. Yeah, Yeah. but you know what? It it was not even. Um, I actually deleted a couple of them before Christmas. Like I slowly started to do it. It was more just like. Um, you know, resolutions themselves are, are core. This is more of a real lifestyle change. This is like, yeah. a, you know, 
it's like dieting is not a real thing. You're either going to stop eating bullshit or you're going to stay fat. Like there's no right. right. Diet's no more. <laughs> so it's the same thing. It's like, I, I, this is more of a, you know, let's do more podcasts. Let's do more yeah. creative stuff. We're, if, if you're a creative person, you really shouldn't be on social media. It just, it just, it really sucks your creativity out of you. All right. Anyway, that, and Trump's not on anymore. So what the hell do I have to like? <laughs> Yeah, it's not even entertaining. Yeah. All right. Well, we got through a lot today. Yeah. You Everybody know. sign up for our getter. That's the uh, <laughs> new right wing Twitter, which we the only one we'll have. Joe yeah. Logan's on there now. Oh, wow. Is he really? Yeah. Well, this is what happens when you put bullshit on YouTube and they take your shit down. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I I do want to make one announcement is that I'm I'm going to be starting the newsletter again. Um, wow. And so that's, I'll put out one, you know, as is possible, but I'm hoping for like at least twice a month. Um, and the first one will be coming this weekend. So check your mailboxes. Are you going to quit your Facebook too? Well, I'm not going to quit my Facebook just cause that's where I post our episodes sometimes and stuff like that, but nobody watches o- them on there. Otherwise, yeah, you're probably right. Get right you know? Yeah. Let's, let's get our thing off of there. Okay. All right. Find it the old fashioned. How many podcasts have you found on Facebook? None. None. Not yeah. one. That's Lose true. That's true. That's true. Okay. I'm taking right. it off. You're 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 convincing me. All right. Take it off. Who cares? We're not getting any followers from there. Scroll. All right. All right. I can see that. You know where we get? We're grassroots, man. All these all these people <laughs> listening right now, they're telling all their friends about us. Absolutely. Right? They want us to they want us to blow up. Absolutely. Right? And now more than ever, since we're going to be off social media, please do tell your friends. This is all you got. You got to tell see. your friends on social media. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> tell them how cool we are because yeah. we're on social media. All right, man. Well, I guess we'll be back almost every week now, right? Yeah. yeah. And the newsletter. Okay. So yeah. this Sunday, we should be expecting something? Yes, you will. We'll Sign up something. for our newsletters, guys. It's on our website. Um, yep. Check it out. Uh, actually, yeah. our last episode with Spencer Ackerman, a lot of people have texted me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Really good episode. Uh, if you haven't, you know, if that one got lost in the holidays, you should listen to that as well. Yeah, our last two, right? The 100th uh, yeah. episode and then the one with Spencer. Um, they came around holiday season. There's probably a lot of people who uh, understandably were busy, but yeah, definitely sure. revisit them. Yep. All right. Well, No Politics at the Dinner Table is produced by our very own Amit Prakash and Tunes still by Jeep Aderoy, who just yeah. keeps coming. Like, what the hell does that know. guy do? Just make beats all day? He's a beat making machine. He's really he's, good. He's so good. I mean, he's like ridiculously <laughs> yeah. good. Very, I'm like, we're, I, I, I text him. I'm like, hey, Jeet, can you know, I, I love a couple more tunes. And he just yeah. sends me like 40. And I'm by the like, way, just, this is the stuff he's just lying around. And by know? the way, because we are true socialists, Jeep makes exactly the same amount of money off the podcast. Exactly. We do. Exactly. Nothing. Yeah, he's lo- he also equally is losing money. Yeah, he's losing money too. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. See you next week.